0: And I hope you are enjoying your holiday week as today we get you ready for the new year with the year in review part one. Today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento for your plumbing needs and repairs and remember they're available to you around the clock 24-7 they're locally owned for over 20 years in Sacramento just go to newworksplumbing.com they've got a fix for you that's newworksplumbing.com N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing and as I said they are available around the clock 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs check them out newworksplumbing.com well We talk about the beginning of this year in 2021 in my podcast, and I had Doug Adler on. Doug Adler, who was fired by ESPN during the coverage of the Australian Open in a match that Venus Williams was playing in. Doug used the term guerrilla tactics. A freelancer from the New York Times uh, put on social media that uh, Doug – used a racist term, blah, 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 and then everything caught fire. And before you know it, Doug Adler was canceled, fired, even though everyone in the sport understands that guerrilla tactics is spelled G-U-E, not G-O-R. As a matter of fact, Nike had a commercial on a makeshift tennis court on Fifth Avenue in front of the Plaza Hotel with Pete Sampras- and Andre Agassi, and it was called Guerrilla Tennis. In my conversation with Doug, a couple of things that really stood out. Nobody at ESPN on the tennis coverage came out and spoke up for him. John McEnroe, silent. Martina Navratilova, silent. Patrick McEnroe, silent. And Doug and I discussed that, and it was very interesting to hear his comments because I experienced a similar thing. Now, a footnote, Doug has settled with Uh, ESPN an undisclosed amount, uh, as he sued ESPN, and rightfully so. Uh, But that was it for Doug. He has been on the Tennis Channel. Uh, He made his return back in September of this year, and it was great for him to get some tennis coverage for the Tennis Network. But not what he was doing. Certainly his career will never be the same, and he has been left and branded a racist – by a freelancer at the New York Times. The New York Times, by the way, has never come out and made a retraction, has never come out and spoke publicly uh, on this for uh, anything to do with Doug Adler. Uh, Phil Mushnick of the New York Post has wrote many articles on this and the travesty, the hypocrisy, and the double standard as faced uh, Doug Adler. But I really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, That was episode 27. Two episodes later, episode 29, uh, in January, I had the opportunity to meet a couple of individuals from Tuscaloosa, diehard Alabama fans. Uh, they had come to Miami for the national championship game between Alabama and Ohio State. I have a very good friend from California that introduced me to all of these. He also would come to Miami to go to the game. And I got to know these individuals, and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience because I had a dinner with Fred and Tressa Battle the parents of Jordan battle. But before the dinner, the conversation with Daryl, who I met from Tuscaloosa, was explaining to me how he met the battles. And it all started at the Orange Bowl in 2019 when they saw a car driving around they couldn't find a parking place. And they had a bunch of tables and everything that they had put in a parking place for tailgating. And Daryl ran after the vehicle and said, come on, come park here. We'll move our stuff. You can come park here. And he didn't know who they were. Well, it happened to be Fred and Tressa Battle that were in the car. Their son at the time was a standout high school player in the Fort Lauderdale area. And when Daryl found out about their son, he goes, I know your son. Because, you know, his son was a high recruit blue chipper. His son actually had committed to Ohio State and then the Urban Meyer fiasco. And then he transferred to Alabama. But it's very interesting to hear this story because I had dinner the night before the national championship game with about 10 individuals, including Fred and Tressa battle. And it was a great conversation. And we talked about a lot of things. And I thought it was just so phenomenal to see the genuine love and affection that was started because of a gesture to give strangers a parking space. And again, didn't matter that they were black didn't matter to Daryl that never entered his mind Daryl was just trying to be a good Samaritan and a good person and let them park in a space and go to the football game and they have developed a friendship now that is like family the love and affection between the battles and Daryl was so apparent to me and it was such a great opportunity to talk to the battles and talk about their son Jordan and uh, so many other things involving with real life. That was one of my favorite episodes, episode 29, uh, talking about uh, real life. Episode 32, I had Robbie Gold on, the place kicker for the 49ers, and we talked about a lot of things, including his time in Chicago, his love for that city. Uh, He is such a big, big sports fan. We talked about his golf game. We talked about his charitable endeavors. And, you know, I got to know Robbie a little bit up at Lake Tahoe at the celebrity golf tournament and he's just a class class act. Then in episode 37 I talked with Steve Albert, the longtime sportscaster, the brother of Marv and Al, and of course uh, Kenny Albert is his nephew. And what was great about Steve Albert, he's done so many great championship fights. And he gave some stories about, you know, Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield and preparing for these uh, big big time, you know, heavyweight bouts. You know, Steve has done some of the best best fights uh, that we've ever seen and he's just a class act and we talked about growing up you know with Al and Marv and how they used to you know announce games in their living room and they always used to have competitions and the story that Steve gave me was incredible. Uh, Steve went to Kent State and he was on the campus during the Kent State shootings back in the you know 69-1970 New York Knicks season and Steve had been a ball boy earlier in his life for the Knicks well, after the Kent State shooting, Steve talked on the air how you know the first thing they wanted to do was get off campus and get away from uh, that situation and they got in a car and he drove to New York. and as it turned out the either it was the trainer or the head equipment manager I, I, I don't remember, but they gave Steve for game seven of the Lakers and the Knicks, the Willis Reed coming out of the tunnel game, gave him a pass. And he actually sat at the end of the Knicks bench for Game 7, which to this day, I think along with Ali Frazier won and the Rangers winning the Cup in 1994, I I don't know if you would put that number one, probably would put number one, Game 7, the 1969-70 season of the Knicks and the Lakers, you'd probably put that as number one, the, the greatest event ever. Uh, at the history of Madison Square Garden. And how about Steve Albert uh, and that story? Then the uh, next episode, I had a guy that you know I absolutely love. I was blessed to work for many years uh, with him as my co-host at KHTK, Mike Lamb. And Mike grew up in Clovis and went to USC. And Mike had one of the, the, the best uh, two or three minutes that I've listened to since I started doing this podcast in October of 2020. Mike was talking about how he was very short-sighted growing up in Clovis and that, you know, it was a redneck town and you knew what you knew. And uh, Mike had never been around people of color and he was very open about that. And he said going to USC completely changed his life when he got around so many uh, different ethnicities and becoming lifelong friends with Ronnie Lott and Marcus Allen and so many others. And Mike said it was such a great learning experience because he didn't know anything. He, He had no idea about different cultures, different ethnicities, different backgrounds because he only knew what he knew growing up in Clovis. And he talked about how it changed his life. But he also talked about, and this is the part that I loved on the podcast, he said, you know, he goes, you really should go up to a stranger and break bread with them and sit down with somebody that doesn't sound like you, that doesn't look like you and learn about their life and learn about what they've had to endure. And I thought it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, story by Mike. And I've talked so much about that on my podcast. And that podcast with Mike Lamb was truly uh, one of my favorites. But after Mike you know, said that, It may have been just around the same period of time. You know, I met somebody in Miami at a restaurant, episode 42, that really has changed my life for the better, enhanced my life for the better, maybe a better way of saying that. When I met V at the time, a 39-year-old African-American gal at a restaurant where I live in Miami, she was with a guy, and there weren't a lot of people at the restaurant, and I was sitting at the bar, and I had been sitting there, and finally, uh, she looks over and she goes, "Do you live on the island?" And I said, "Yes, I do." And she goes, "Oh, my name's uh, V, and this is so and so." And I go, "Hey, very nice to meet you." And you know, we talked for a few minutes. She's a very gregarious, outgoing person, and she said, "What do you do?" And I paused, and I said, "You know, it's really a long story." And she gave me a look like, "Okay," and I said, "You know, it's just—it's—it—it—it's it, 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 just crazy." I go, "It's kind of hard to explain," and. She said, okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then about 15 minutes later, I was getting up to leave, and she said, hey, um, you know, I'm having an event here on Saturday, and I would really like it if you would stop by. And she goes, I own a cigar shop at the Orlando airport. I also sell real estate, and I learned later that she also teaches figure skating uh, during the week. And I said, I would love to come. So I came to her event. And it was kind of busy, and she was very busy, and so I didn't really speak to her that much. And I stayed for maybe an hour and a half, and I left. And she goes, you're leaving already? I said, yeah, you know, I said, I'm I'm very tired. And I said, and she goes, hey, here is my card. I really want to hear your story. And she goes, why don't you uh, give me a call when you're free? And I'm like, sure, okay. So I sent her a message when I got home and I said, Hey, I just want to thank you uh, very much. It was a pleasure being at your event and thank you. And she said, Hey, do you want to meet for a drink tomorrow? I would love to hear your story. I said, okay. So I went down to the restaurant and we talked for four hours and I told her my story and she was just amazed and she was blown away. And she had such great compassion because she said, you should have never lost your job over saying all lives matter, every single one. And we talked about, you know, Being black, And that's, I think I've talked about this on the story. She wants to be referred to as African-American because her father is from Nigeria. And we talked about everything going on with BLM and we talked about everything going on with police brutality and, you know, all the problems in our country facing not only, you know, people of color, but people in general. And we talked about being silenced and we talked about cancel culture. And as it turned out, you know, she has become such a phenomenal phenomenal friend and meeting her and her entire family has been a real blessing for me. Uh I've been to her home in Orlando. Uh I've been to many gatherings with her parents. Uh I was blessed to celebrate her father's 65th birthday. It was a week-long celebration that I was included in and they've become like family to me, but I've learned a lot and you know V has uh, introduced me to so many phenomenal people in South Florida and people that have visited South Florida that are from different parts of the country. And the thing that's been so fabulous is when I meet these individuals, we talk about everything. And I've relayed some of the stories on my podcast, but when I met her with my wife back in January, I could have never in a million years thought that that meeting would change my life and enhance my life for the better. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to episode 42 because it has really changed a lot in my life. It really has. And the lead-in on my podcast page said, Our lives begin to end... The day we become silent on things that matter. That's not my quote, but the discussion I want to have today. Martin Luther King Jr. said it. And isn't it so true? If you're a public figure today, every move has to be calculated. Everything you say has to be politically correct, or you'll be canceled by those who disagree. Isn't it time we just reached out to people different than we and tried to understand where they are coming from? I share a story about a 39-year-old African-American woman I met in today's podcast, She has made an impact on my life, and that story can repeat itself in any city with any person of any race at any time. I hope you appreciate what I'm saying today. It's impacting all of us. Again, that was a spectacular meeting, and I really enjoyed that podcast, number 42. Episode 49, Greg Lukenbill, who bought the Kings from Kansas City, who changed the landscape of sports In Sacramento. And Greg shared the story of how close the Raiders really are or were to moving to Sacramento. And Greg talked about the biggest mistake was only owning 49% of the company instead of 50%, and it would have changed everything. I was always skeptical about the Raiders and Al Davis coming to Sacramento. I never thought it would happen. And Greg told me I was wrong. He said it was right there and it was going to happen. And I said, how on earth could have you made money in a market like Sacramento? He goes, Grant, he goes, people were flocking to come to Sacramento in a stadium to watch the Raiders, people from Vegas, people from the Bay Area. He goes, that would have not been an issue. And he says, we had a deal. The Raiders were coming to Sacramento. And it was really incredible to listen to episode 49 with Greg L- Luke and Bill. Episode 57, the current coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, Eric Musselman. I got to know Musk when he coached Sacramento. I have a great deal of respect for Eric. Uh, He is a guy that grew up in a basketball family. His late father, Bill Musselman, the first ever coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. We talked about Eric's uh, childhood. We talked about coaching at Golden State and the Warriors. We talked about Sacramento and Musk talked about the regret of what happened in Sacramento and how he wished he could have a do-over. In Sacramento, we talked about Nevada. We talked about Arkansas. We just talked about being a dad. We talked about coaching young men. And we talked about passion. And it was a phenomenal conversation. Episode 57 with Eric Musselman. Episode 60. And again, what I've tried to do on this podcast is not only interview people that I think are very interesting, but talk about. Cancel culture and talk about hypocrisy. And I talked about LeBron James in episode 60, the hypocrisy and the ridiculous tweet that he put out about the police officer in Columbus, Ohio, that was involved in the shooting of a young 16 year old gal who was fatally killed that day, who was getting ready to stab another individual. And the police officer shot her before she could stab the other individual. And we spent a lot of time talking about LeBron James and his double standards as it relates to Daryl Morey, his tweets about China, his irresponsible tweet that day about that police officer. And I wasn't going to let that go because I felt that LeBron has done more to damage the NBA than any other individual that I can think of. He's done a lot to help the NBA too, and I made that very clear. But LeBron James... Has been extremely hypocritical. And as I always quote Mitch Album of the Detroit Free Press, you cannot, you, you know, again, you cannot turn your head. You cannot be selective with your noise, not against hate. Again, you cannot be selective with your noise, not against hate. Unfortunately, LeBron James is selective with his noise when it comes to hate. Episode 82 Cancel Culture. I'm going to read what I wrote on the podcast page. So Adam Silver, Commissioner of the NBA, tees it up all last week in addressing the significance of all lives being important and walks back a year's worth of comment, criticism, and cancellation of so many personalities. Present company included, I might add. He goes on to say nobody should lose their jobs, their livelihoods over it. Again, present company has the experience along with many others this past year. And when we have ESPN hosts being terminated, On one hand, and other hosts like Stephen A. Smith rattling off what has cost others their jobs, I just don't get it. The NBA, ESPN, and other media outlets just can't seem to get it together, can't seem to make a rule and stick to it. Where does that leave us going into the second half of the year? Where are we as a country headed? Is this what it's going to be like going forward? I, for one, sure hope not. After you've had a chance to listen to this podcast, let me know your thoughts. You can reach me on Twitter at Grant Napier Show. I would love to hear what you think. Adam Silver addressing the media before game one, making all of those comments and talking about the episode with Rachel Nichols and everything that went on at ESPN. Episode 86, a guy that I met back in 1988, Jim Peterson, when he played with the Sacramento Kings. Jim has had multiple surgeries for his heart, including open heart surgery. He talked about the day that he made a phone call to call the team doctor of the Timberwolves and how it saved his life and how the doctor told him, Jim, you're having a heart attack. You need to call 911 and go to the hospital. And Jim said, I'll just drive. He goes, no, no, no. You need to call 911 right now. You're having a heart attack. And Jim did. And he's had an ongoing battle With heart disease, talked about his open heart surgery, and gave some really great messages to those who think they're fine and are reluctant to make that phone call because you think that everything is just going to be fine and dandy and okay. Great, great conversation, episode 86 with Jim Peterson. Coming up on Friday, I'll talk about the rest of the year in review from my podcast as it was a fun year, a lot of reflection. A lot of interviews, a lot of talk about social issues, a lot of important topics. It was a fun year here on If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. It is time now for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Ian asked, how was your Christmas, Grant? It was very nice, Ian. How was yours? Bryce wants to know, how often would you have conversations with players on other teams? You know, qu- quite often, you know, over the years, I've gotten to know, you know, a lot of players, uh, both former Kings and some players on the other teams that actually, it's kind of funny. They would come up to me and say, man, I love when you say, if you don't like that, even Austin Rivers once in the middle of uh, an open with Jerry Reynolds, you know, in a layup line when we were live, you know, put his head in and scream that. So, you know, a, a lot, everyone knows who you are in the NBA. Everyone watches league pass. So I'd have conversations very often, very often. Jake wants to know, is Baker Mayfield's shoulder injury responsible for his bad throwing accuracy? One can only hope so, because last year I thought he was much better than this year. Of course, it's his off shoulder, but you know one could only hope so if you're a fan of Baker Mayfield. Tom asks, is the NHL season ruined at this point? No, not at all. I don't think it's ruined at all. Christian uh, asks, who's your NFL Christmas weekend MVP? That's a very good question, I'd have to really uh, analyze that. I would just maybe say Dak Prescott because the Cowboys offense have been struggling and they broke out of their slump, and I think that's huge for Dallas. So I might might say that. Michael asked you, the NBA avoid pausing the season unless COVID outbreaks affect fans like Kenny Smith says. No, I don't think so. I don't think they should. well, when you say, should they avoid pausing, uh, pausing this? Yes, they should avoid. I'm sorry. Yes, they should avoid it. I, I don't think that they will, nor do I think that they should. Andre asked, are the Warriors and the Suns a rivalry? They are now. They're the two best teams in the Western Conference, along with the Jazz. But I think the Suns and the Warriors, yeah. And wouldn't it be great to see them play in a seven-game series? Ryan wants to uh, I asked a question about owners on Friday, could you give some examples of good owners? Yeah, the Rooney family, great owners. Uh, I think Peter Holt, the owner of the Spurs, excellent owner, lets people do their jobs and stays in the background. Um, I think that in Mickey Arison is a very good owner of the Heat. And I think there are others, but I mean, owners that let the, the, you think Pat Riley's running the Miami Heat or do you think the ownership's running the Miami Heat? You understand my point? Hire the right people, get the hell out of the way, and let them do their job. You think Mickey Harrison tells Pat Riley what to do? Come on now. You know, let's get serious. Uh, Jake wants to know, do you think there's any chance that the Browns will make the playoffs? No. No, I don't see them uh, making the playoffs at all. Hey, it's always great when you can get on board and ask me questions right here via Crowd Ultra. It's time for friends. and today's rant is brought to you by roy's umbrella for all of your home loan needs just go to roy's umbrella.com and if you own a home and you're in the market to buy a new home roy is offering a one hour free consultation i've known roy for a long time He's incredible. He's ethical. Uh, He does business the right way. He wants to do it face-to-face. You will get to know Roy and vice versa and his staff. They're awesome. Just go to roysumbrella.com. Take advantage of this great opportunity. That's roysumbrella.com. So on Friday, I did a rant about Jimmy Garoppolo and everyone killing Garoppolo. And now it has come out and it has been known that Garoppolo played most of the game, the final few minutes of the first half and the second half with a torn ligament and a broken thumb on his throwing hand. Now, you can look at this two different ways. Either the 49ers were stupid to allow him to continue to play with a broken thumb and a torn ligament, okay, an injured thumb, which obviously would affect throwing the football, or you could say, you know what? That Garoppolo, man, he really shows me. That guy is a tough cat. He's playing with a broken thumb, a torn ligament in his hand. It's a big game. You know, it's right there. And he's going out there and busting his ass and giving everything he has for the football team. Again, for the fans and the media, shame on you. Again, Jimmy Garoppolo is as underappreciated as there is. You want Trey Lance? You're going to get Trey Lance. And maybe Trey Lance will be the next great franchise quarterback of the 49ers. But to me, the 49ers now, if Garoppolo's on the shelf for any period of time, are going to really suffer the consequences, and they're going to be in trouble. Because to me, it's very clear, the 49ers' best chance of winning is with Jimmy G on the field. Don't know about the future, but right now, it's with Jimmy G. And that appears to be in real jeopardy with his injury. So for everyone that was dogging him and ripping him a new one after the performance on Thursday, what do you have to say now? What do you have to say now? And that's my rant for today, and that's my podcast for today. Coming up on Friday part two of the year in review. Make it a great rest of the week, and thank you so much for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier.